0: When I was 5 years old, I got lost in a mall. Only 30 minutes later, and everything was fine. I found my parents, and we hadn't even left the same building. For today's story, 5-year-old Saru Briarly finds himself lost and alone for a lot longer than 30 minutes, and ends up almost 7,000 miles away from his family. This is based, biased, or BS.
1: And welcome to the podcast where two best friends
0: tell one true story.
1: My name is Maddie. And I'm Zach. And this is Based, Biased, or BS.
0: Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't. add a mm-hmm every time because I'm denying myself saying baby.
1: I know. <laughs> Why didn't we call this Based, Biased, or BS baby? Because that's more us. <laughs>
0: Uh, it was too many words at first. Like Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. "base bias or BS" is already cutting it close. I know, <laughs> but secretly, all of you secret BBs out there, slash listeners, you cringe every time I say it.
1: <laughs> I no, that was a happy smile.
0: You know that the real title of this show is called by Bias or BS Baby."
1: Yeah, and if there was, and if a day comes where merch is in our lives, that will be <laughs> the title. Of the
0: shirt. It'll be like based by Serbias on the front and then in the back, like tiny by on the, the collar. shoulder. Yeah. Oh. I was thinking on, on the, the shoulder. shoulder. They'll say baby. <laughs> um, welcome to the pod. I have a question for you. Okay. Have you ever gotten lost
1: um, as a child? Alone? Uh, yeah, no, kind of. I went to this Civil War reenactment. <laughs> and
0: stop there stop there (laughs) every week I've known you for 10 years (laughs) and every week you say something to me more unhinged that I never knew (laughs) why would you ever go to a civil war I was taken
1: to a civil war (laughs) reenactment by my mother not to call her out she took me and my cousin
0: age what age for you
1: Oh, five. Six.
0: Okay. Good year for this.
1: And I did find myself <laughs> in the middle of the shooting part of the reenactment. <laughs> I had wandered, suddenly there were soldiers all around.
0: Why? You were like a performance? I think I should be center well, stage.
1: I think my like cousin was like not enjoying himself, so my mom was like trying to like she was like trying to make him have fun and stuff and playing with him and I was like, mm, what's going on over here? <laughs> <laughs> and turns out they were about to shoot rifles at each other. And then like, my cu- like well, I don't dude, think they were actual they rifles. I think like blanks or something.
0: Okay. But not safe for a baby.
1: Well, child. no. And I w- just stood there for a little bit because I was like what's happening? Um and then eventually my cousin was like bawling really hard cuz he like saw me in the middle of a crowd of people with guns. <laughs> <laughs> Then it was, was he fine. older than you, um, no, younger, you younger by three months, okay, but oh, close okay. in age, so yeah, my mom got us out of there pretty quick,
0: <laughs> out of the war. who knew who knew you had survived war, like I said in the intro, I got lost, I got lost in the mall once. was that real? But that was kind of really the only time, yeah, is that real? Did I just make <laughs> it up for the no, I had a vague memory of it when I was doing my research for this episode, and then I texted my mom. I was like, "What? how old was I when that happened? Slash, you know my memory? Did that actually happen, or did I make that up? And she was like, no, you were about five years old, almost six. I don't know why this is the voice for my mother.
1: I think it is your mom's voice.
0: (laughs) And I was like, oh, the same exact age as this story we're talking about today. And when you apparently were in the middle of a war.
1: Yeah. Survivor here.
0: Survivor. What did you watch for us today?
1: I watched the 2016 biographical drama Lion. Like L I O N, not lion like I'm lying to your face. Not you know? at
0: all. Like the animal.
1: Yes, like the animal. I guess I could have said that to make things more clear quickly. I could have said Lion like the animal. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I will spoiler alert for you now, and you can save this for later if you want. I have nothing about the film title.
1: Oh, okay. I do.
0: Okay. So bring that up whenever, because I don't know anything about it.
1: Okay, I'll wait till probably towards the end.
0: Okay. Love it.
1: Should I tell you some things about this movie?
0: Something you might
1: call some film facts?
0: I would love some film facts, film okay. facts.
1: Okay, so our cast includes Dev Patel as Saru Brierly, Nicole Kidman as Sue Brierly, David <laughs> Wenham as John Brierly, Priyanka Bose as Kamla, and in his film debut, we have Sonny Pawar as young Saru Brierly.
0: Okay, okay.
1: <laughs> I feel like I've said that name so many times.
0: Yeah, I've never heard the word "briarly" more.
1: (laughs) So that's our cast that we're working with to start. But first, we're going to talk about awards. I love the S. that's a multiple S. So at the Oscars, this movie is nominated for Best Picture, Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actress, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Cinematography, (gasps) and Best Original Score. Wow. It wins none of them.
0: Oh, Unfortunately. However,
1: at the Australian Academy of Cinema and Television Arts Awards, it was Uh nominated for Best Film, Best Direction, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting (laughs) Actress, Best Cinematography, Best Editing, Best Original Musical Score, Best Sound, Best Production Design, and Best Costume Design. (laughs) It won all. (laughs) It won all of them.
0: Whoa.
1: (laughs) Was that a ride you were unprepared for? You really
0: took me on a roller coaster. (laughs) They won nothing at the Oscars, but smashed at these Australian I think that
1: was 12. I think I counted 12. 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Yeah. And by the way, best actor was for the young actor, Sunny Pawar.
0: Yay. Yeah. Okay.
1: Best supporting actor was for Dev Patel.
0: In the movie, what's the breakdown? Like, how far in does he get old actor, Dev Patel?
1: Over an hour.
0: Okay. Like, ha- more so than like, halfway? Yeah. Okay.
1: Over an hour of young actor. And okay. then we go to old. Yeah. Love it. Some other film facts for you. Nicole Kidman was handpicked by Sue Brierley, the woman that she plays, to play the part.
0: Mm. Really?
1: hmm She was like, she'd be great for this
0: and she's australian
1: Mm -hmm. like sue
0: Briarly is yeah exactly
1: this is director garth davis's debut feature film
0: wow Mm -hmm. debut
1: yeah with all those awards and
0: nominations
1: exactly sunny doesn't speak english he only speaks hindi so he learned his english lines in the movie phonetically and he was only Mm. seven years old while filming
0: wow was he nominated for an Oscar?
1: Um, no, he was not nominated. Just Dev. Okay. okay. Um, Dev Patel, Decker. Do you know this man's work?
0: Yeah, I love it's, him. Yeah, trick question. I have such a crush on this. He man. does
1: know this work because he started out on a British teen drama called Skins. Yeah. Playing the part of Anwar Corral. So you know, remember who that is.
0: I love Renoir. Skins. I mm-hmm. don't really remember his character.
1: I remember his, once I saw a picture of him as a kid, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember yeah. that character. Um, and after that, he had his breakout role in, do you know what? Slumdog yeah. Millionaire? hmm Slumdog yeah. Millionaire. Um, for this show, movie, he actually had to change his body quite a bit, and he put on a lot of weight and muscle to more accurately match the real Saru's body. And, like, mm. how his body would have reflected his life experiences.
0: For this movie?
1: Mm-hmm. For this movie, okay. Lion.
0: For Lion. Okay.
1: Yeah. So those are the uh, little film facts I got for you. I love it. I, lo- I loved this movie.
0: You did? Yeah, you, I, s- you sent me something. Like, I cried, cried two to times. three
1: times. Yeah. I can't express truly how much I, like, enjoyed this movie.
0: I love to hear that. So good. It's a incredible story. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I had heard about it mostly from the Oscars. Like, I feel like I definitely watched the Oscars that year, whatever year that was, and heard the film Lion up for all these awards.
1: Exactly. I do think I have watched this movie before, but I think, like, right when it came out, I think Mm. so that was still like five years ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. but watching it again, I was like, Oh, I could watch this movie probably seven times. That's how much I enjoy it.
0: I love it. And it's based on the memoirs of the real man who it happened to. Yes. So I'm hoping that it's pretty accurate. We're just going to get into the story.
1: Okay. <laughs> You were frozen. I don't know what to you were do. Fro- I know, you were <laughs> frozen too.
0: <clears throat> so Saru Briarly was born in nineteen eighty-one, but he was originally named Sheru Munshi Khan. Yes. So the spelling difference there, his name that he goes by currently and that I will refer to him by for the whole story is Saru, S A R O O, but he was originally named S H E R U, Sheru. Yeah. And he was born in Ganesh Talai, which is a suburb within Kowanda, India. Mm hmm. Let me also preface, maybe I should have started with this. There's going to be a lot of words that I'm not completely familiar with. I've tried to do some research and say it correctly, but. I assume there's going to be some things that are wrong.
1: The the one you said that started with a G was definitely how they said it in the movie.
0: <laughs> Ganesh, well, that's an easy one, I feel, but Kawanda, I feel Fair. less certain about. So his mother, Kamla Munshi, was born Hindu, and his father was Muslim. I don't mm-hmm. have a name for the father.
1: I never met a father.
0: Okay he worked as a building contractor but when Saru was around three years old his father abandoned the family after taking a second wife yeah and truly just fucked over his current family he was like I'm gonna marry this other woman and leave you all
1: ugh so rude
0: the family before this wasn't doing great financially and now without the father's income he was the only one bringing in money Kamla and her three sons, Gadu, Kalu and Sheru. Okay. And his daughter or her daughter, sorry, Shakila or Shakila. Mm-hmm. were thrown into poverty.
1: I don't know that I met a second brother.
0: Okay. There's the oldest is Kalu. You yeah. probably didn't meet him. No. He's a less person in the story, but then there's Gudu or yeah. Gudu? Okay.
1: Yeah, definitely met Gudu.
0: Yeah. And he's older. Yeah. And, and older than Sharu. Yeah. And then the youngest sister. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, not beautiful for them because now they are living without income. But quickly after this, his mother began working in construction herself.
1: Yeah. So to support the family.
0: That. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't, I got the word construction, but I didn't really know what that meant. I assumed like it's hard physical labor.
1: Yeah. He would say his mom was like lifting rocks all day. Wow. Yeah. Lifting stones.
0: Oh, that sounds yeah horrible. I'm sorry. Even though she did this, she often did not make enough money to feed them all because there's five of them Yeah, and she could not afford to send them to school. Right. Where do you kind of start off in the movie?
1: Well, I will say it was the longest intro of a movie I ever saw. Like every single cast, designer, producer was listed before okay. <laughs> before it said based on a true story. I was like, I've never okay. seen credits at the top. But it starts with like Gadu and Saru doing some work kind of by working, mean? stealing coal from a train Oh, okay. And then trading that and getting some milk and like pretty much showing how they help their family already. And I need to stress that Saru Mm -hmm. is so small. He's Mm -hmm. so small. I've never seen a smaller little boy. (laughs) He's so small and so cute. Just like like when he smiles, you're like, oh, you're such a cute (laughs) little boy. You have so much hope in your face.
0: Yeah, so much hope and innocence that's about to be stolen. Well, that's a beautiful place for us to start because uh, my next line, Saru and his older brothers began begging at the local railway station and market for food and money. So trying to help out their family in any way they can. Mm -hmm. Um, The family was in such a hard spot like many in the country that Saru was sent by his mother with a bowl to ask neighbors for leftovers.
1: Yeah, mm. I didn't see that, but that's definitely something I could see happening in their situation.
0: Yeah. So Rue and his brothers often were forced to resort to pilfering food from bales of rice and chickpeas at the local railway station, as well as unwatched, unwatched not washed, fruit trees and vegetable patches. Mm. Just like stealing for survival. Right. When they were lucky, Gadu, his older brother, sometimes obtained odd jobs, such as washing dishes in a restaurant and sweeping the floors of train carriages.
1: Yeah, and Saru was wanting to do that. He wants to help.
0: He wants to help any way he can. Yeah, But... The can't really work because Gadu, even he's older he was arrested for violating child labor laws mm. when he was selling toothbrush and toothpaste kits at the railway station platform
1: oh
0: did you get in a, a little police tiff no okay that's fine but like it just goes to show how much they are working for their family and it's yeah. I know I just said this, but it's truly out of just... If we don't do this, we could die out of starvation. Yeah. And these child labor laws, despite being in place to protect children, Gadu is imprisoned for a few days because of this instance. Mm. It's like, how is this helping anyone? You're putting him into jail? Okay. Oh, yeah. So one evening in 1986, Gadu said that he was going to ride the train from Kowanda, where the family lives, to the city of Burhanpur, which is 43 miles to the south. Okay. Or 70 kilometers. Since this happens in India, which uses kilometers, I feel like I should probably say kilometers yeah. too. But for us, it's forty-three miles to the south, and he reluctantly brings his now five-year-old brother Saru to join him. Yes, yeah, so he like,
1: "I can lift anything. Please like, look at me. Watch me lift this heavy bike. Look how strong I am. I Aww. can do it."
0: And being like one of the youngest, you're with older brothers. You're like, "I can be, I can be just as old as them. I can do whatever they can do."
1: Well, and he has a little sister, so he also feels like, "Okay, I have to protect have some- her." exactly yeah and it's like watching them go to this train wherever they're going to for this work mm-hmm. they're like riding the this bike together it's so cute he's hugging his brother i was like oh this is such a cute picture of brotherly love mm-hmm. and then i remembered what what they were doing and i was like
0: right what they were having oh. to do yep when they both should be in
1: school school yeah Newly in school for Saru. Like, hello?
0: Yeah, (laughs) just Gordon. He should just just be finger painting and having fun.
1: Yeah, not scraping for apples.
0: (laughs) By the time the train reached Burhanpur, Saru was so tired that he collapsed onto a seat on the platform. Yeah, he he did. He
1: was so tired and little and tired.
0: And just like a little baby.
1: It's he can't do night work. He's five.
0: No, (laughs) he's five. (laughs) Gadu, his older brother, told him to wait, and he promised that he would be back shortly.
1: He did. He's like, you sleep here. here.
0: I'm gonna do this work and come back. So he slept and he waited and he waited and he kept waiting and waiting and forever. Yeah, but Gadu did not return. And five-year-old Saru eventually became impatient.
1: Well, yeah, he's he was five, like, I'll say again.
0: He's five. He's looking around in this unfamiliar place, and he's sleeping on a train platform.
1: And he got there via, well, in the movie, he got there via a bike, so it's not like he knows exactly. I was saying he got there on a bike with his brother, so in the movie, at least. It's not like he knows how to, like by foot, exactly get back home, necessarily, from where oh. he
0: is. Okay. 2. Yeah, he actually took a train there, but
1: Oh, oh you're right. No, 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 you're right. You're right. You're right. I forgot it was it was bike to train and then, yep.
0: Yeah, he had to yep. bike to the original yep, train yep, station. Yep. yep. Five-year-old boy sitting there is doesn't know what to do. He sees a train parked in the station and thinking that his brother was on it because he's like, "I got off a train that was here, so now I need to just get back on one that is the here." The logic. Exactly. Um, he boarded the empty carriage. Now I have a question about this situation that mm-hmm. I couldn't get clear from the notes and maybe it's in the movie.
1: Okay.
0: He gets in this carriage that's empty and then there's no doors or there's nowhere out of this carriage to get into other carriages or something.
1: Yeah. I th- Yes. That did happen. I was also confused because... It seemed like he was checking out the train and fell asleep. And then by the time he woke up, it was mm-hmm. already moving. So whatever would have happened to make it so he couldn't get off the train happened. I don't know if that's like door sealing okay. or something. Okay. Because I also was like, how did you get on this train? and But you weren't able to get off.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So I was a little bit confused about that. It also, we have to add into the conversation is that Even this adult who writes this story is going back and thinking childhood memories, if that makes any sense. right? Like it's a child experiencing all of this. So like a door closed, it might not be locked, but a door closed to a kid is like, oh, I can't get out.
1: and so small, maybe couldn't even reach a handle if there was one.
0: Right, right. So he said in his autobiography that the doors were locked, but I couldn't, I didn't really know what exactly that meant. So, hoping that his brother would come for him, like you said, Saru fell asleep on this new train. Mm-hmm. But when he woke up, the train was moving, it was not at the station in his, anymore, and his brother was not sitting next to him. Mm-mm. When he looked out the window, the area that he was traveling through looked unfamiliar. Occasionally, the train would stop at small stations, but little Saru was unable to open the door to escape. Which is so tragic. He's yeah. like, I know I, am, I know I did, this is not good, but I can't get out.
1: Yeah, he's, in, it was so sad when he realizes at first he's on the train alone. He's like screaming, good mm-hmm. gadoo, gadoo, oh. gado- gadoo, gado- gadoo, gadoo. And then mm-hmm. it like eventually like drowns out him screaming his brother's name over like the horn of the train. And oh. It's like, little boy, no one's going to hear you.
0: Yeah. He had to grow up so fast, so quick, and just be like, you're on your own. You have to survive right now.
1: Yeah. <sighs> and he was screaming, save me, get me out of here. When you get to those st- like stations where the doors wouldn't open. On the mm-hmm. outside of the train, it said decommissioned train. So like it would arrive at these stations, but it wouldn't open because it was oh. the passenger train. So maybe that's what True. he was experiencing.
0: I've also taken trains similar to this where it's like, commuter trains and it's sometimes like certain stations are like only the front half of the train the doors open right and the back half don't so maybe he was in one of the train cars where he couldn't like move to another train car to get out yeah i don't know it's a child's memory that we're speculating on um So he wasn't able to get out at all of these little stations, but Saru's rail journey eventually ends at the huge Howrah Railway Station in Calcutta. Calcutta. The end of the line, Mm -hmm. where all the doors open. Yeah. And he's finally able to run out when someone opens the door to his carriage.
1: Yeah, shoving.
0: Yeah. He just is like, get me out of this train. I need to get home. Yeah. I didn't look up the population, though, but I, I... Believe Calcutta is a huge city. Huge. Saru didn't know this at the time, but he was now nearly nine hundred and thirty miles, or fifteen hundred kilometers, mm-hmm. from his hometown of Kawanda.
1: Yeah, it tells us that in the movie. It kind of gives us little like markers of, this is Calcutta, approximately, this many kilometers away mm. from, where he started.
0: Oh. Is it, does it give you like a map or it just says that? on? No, the...
1: it just tells the in words.
0: Gotcha. His distance.
1: Yeah. So even you don't actually see it necessarily. Right.
0: Yeah. If we're going back to his original plan journey, it was 43 miles south. And now he's nearly 930 miles away. That's how long he was on the train by himself scared for like 890 miles. With nothing. With nothing. Oh, makes me so sad for him. I know. Like so Every now, other note
1: is literally so little. I have it written so many times. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I felt that way too because I had to keep reminding myself this is a five-year-old boy. Five years. And it kept making me think of when I was lost in the mall, I was so freaking out for the 20 minutes or when I was lost. But I... I, I didn't, I don't know if I had this thought then, but looking back, I'm like, I was in the same building. Like it had been 20 minutes. No one's left. Everything's fine. I can't even imagine what this little kid is thinking right now.
1: Well, right. Cause also like, does mom even know, like he was last with his brother. It wasn't like he just like immediately left his mom. Right. She wasn't right. even home when he left.
0: Yeah. Ugh. So now unsure of what to do who to trust, or how to get home. He's a five-year-old boy. He doesn't know where he is. Little Saru attempted to return home by boarding different trains. Oh. But these, you didn't get this in the movie? No. Oh, okay. So these were actually what are called suburban trains, meaning that they were just loops out to neighboring suburbs. And then suburbs. they would come back. And they would come right on back to the big station. So he took each and every one of these trains.
1: Thinking they would trains, home.
0: Being like, one of these is going to go out to my home. No. And then he would take them all and come back to the big city, not knowing that he was oh. almost a thousand miles away from his home. Oh, my God. For a week or two,
1: mm-hmm. he
0: lived on and around Howrah Railway Station. Yeah. He survived by scavenging food scraps in the street and sleeping underneath the station seats. He was used to having to search for his food to survive, but now he's having to do this without his brothers around for safety. And it's really like survival.
1: Before, he like had a home to go home to. You'd go out right. and you'd look for these things. And even if you didn't find that much, at least you're going home to your family in a safe mm-hmm. space.
0: Safety. Yeah. Yeah. And here he's going home to crawling under a subway seat, essentially. And now he's just a stranded little boy who took the wrong train home. (laughs) It's so sad. After two weeks, I'm allowed to laugh because I know how it ends. But at this point, it is so sad. After the two weeks of this, he ventured out into the city of Calcutta. And after days of homelessness on Calcutta streets, he was found by a railway worker who took him in. An adult man. This man gave him food and shelter, but you can't always trust everyone. And Saru's red flags popped up. Yeah. When this kind Samaritan railway worker introduced Saru to another man, and and was like, "This is my friend."
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. I saw that. It was a woman though that took him in.
0: Oh. Okay.
1: Yeah, I saw him talk to her, and then she was like, I'm going to introduce you to someone who can help you find your mom. Mm. And then he was like laying down next to him. He was like, lay next to me. Ooh. Stand up. Say thank you.
0: I didn't get that much detail, but Saru definitely felt that something wasn't right. Yeah. And he was definitely correct about this, because when Saru makes a run for it, the two men chase after him. Yes, But he manages to escape.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: That's the moment of like, I knew I was right. When they chase after you to be like, get back here, little kid.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and in the movie, when he runs away from the situation, he runs into his mom at like her job lifting rocks. Obviously, it's not real, but it's like in his brain. He's like, I'm going to run to where my mom is and help. And now I'll help her lift rocks. And it was like then it cut to him having a like dreaming and like picking up little pebbles so you're like oh he's (laughs) pretending he's helping his mom in the rocks oh my god you're gonna make me cry decker when i say i cried two to three times It's so sad and all the while so little
0: (laughs) (laughs) don't forget everyone little boy
1: little tiny tiny
0: So he flees those men. He's back onto the streets. And he eventually meets a teenager who takes him to a police station. Yeah. This is one of those moments of like, it's a kid. So he met these two men. I don't know anything about them. But then they were weird. So I ran. And then I met this teenager. I don't know their name. So then they took me to a police station. So there's not a lot of details. But this is what he said happened. But you got that in the movie?
1: Yeah. After... After he runs away from those people, he ends up, it says like two months later, he's been living under a bridge. He's sifting through trash and then he's sitting outside of a restaurant and there's a teenager, a younger person eating soup. Mm-hmm. And then Saru starts like pretending to eat soup, this like doing what the teenager does and like miming him. And then he <laughs> like is like, what is this kid doing? And then he goes out and talks to him and Is like, what's going on? And then realizes he doesn't have family so yeah. it's it's a very it's like a kind moment but i'm also like but did you give him any soup I know, like he, he was, was pretending like, to eat soup did you bring him it, your leftovers because
0: anything just a spoonful
1: he's performing for you hello
0: so when saru gets to the police station he could give very little if any information to the police on his family or where he lived the police then took Saru to a government center for abandoned children. Mm-hmm. And weeks later, he was moved to the Indian Society for Sponsorship and Adoption.
1: Yes. He keeps telling people he's from Ganeshjali. And they're like, we don't know what you're saying. Ganeshjali, that's not real. Tell us where you're from. Mm-hmm. He's like, Because he also doesn't, he speaks Hindu. Right. And, right. And
0: yeah. no English at this point.
1: And everyone around him speaks Bengali. So he doesn't even speak the same language as the people around him.
0: Oh. That's like wow. a
1: big part of the, the movie is everyone being like, what are you saying? No one knows. What, speak like what we're speaking and then we'll be able to help you. And he, But all he knows is Hindu. Oh, He's
0: like, or Hindi. Was the whatever. movie in Hindu with subtitles or it was yes. all English? The it was, first
1: half was Hindu with English subtitles. and then love it.
0: English at the end. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that.
1: But yeah, he did end up at an orphanage.
0: And what you were saying is totally correct. In his autobiography, he had like written out what he remembered of his hometown. The names and like the train station were correct, kind of phonetically sounding, but weren't the actual names of things like his... The train station, it was something that started with the B but did not cr- end the same right. way. because And five. so that's what he ends <laughs> up using. Yeah. We'll get to in the end. His me- Just his vague memories of like, right. I knew it was Ganesh something or something. exactly. Um, and so without any information, the police and this adoption agency are like, well, you're a child in need and you need a family since you can't, show us where your home is, you're put up for adoption.
1: Yeah, it shows this really sad meeting with a caseworker and she's like, listen, we put your name in a paper, we wrote all about you, so many people read this paper and no one's inquired about you. Mm-hmm. No one's looking for you. Oh, God. <laughs> Essentially, is what she's telling this kid. And he's like, Not even, my mom hasn't asked? And she's like, no.
0: Well, maybe if he was less than 800 900 miles away well, yeah they the could have found probably but...
1: doesn't go far enough
0: yeah right exactly <laughs> that type of conversation definitely happened at the adoption agency because the staff there were the first that really tried to attempt to locate his family um, but mm-hmm. again he's a traumatized scared five-year-old and saru did not even know enough to tell them sufficiently how to trace his hometown Right. So he was officially declared a lost child. And quickly after that, Sharu Mushi Khan, this child, was adopted by Sue and John Briarley of Hobart, Tasmania, Australia. Yes, so the sir. name he grew up with in Australia and now goes by, kind of like we talked about, Saru, is essentially the white bastardization spelling of what they thought he was saying his name was because he didn't spell it i think sure um so it was sharu but now he is known as saru yeah kind of wild and that fact i had to it really puts the story into perspective of taking the what a five-year-old is telling you what's your name okay i'm gonna write that out how i think it's spelled now your name is saru So he's now known, like we said, as Saru Briarly, and on the night of September 25th, 1987, he lands in Australia, now 10,201 kilometers away from home, or 6,340 miles.
1: It was surreal seeing him walk on the plane, Mm -hmm. past all the rows of seats, and be like, last time he walked onto... A train with all these rows mm. of seats just like the difference in what the seats look like I didn't even make like, that connection that it was so to be like okay now I'm traveling to a specific place with a person to these yeah. people as opposed to last time I was on a train I was by myself with nothing
0: locked in a cabin yeah Ugh, and things are about to really change for him
1: big time when
0: he comes here because the first time he entered the Briarly home, he was astonished yes. with the space and the room. It was the first time he's ever had a bedroom to himself.
1: I wrote he. He's walking around the house so cautiously, mm. scared to mess something up. It seems like oh, I was like, it's like he's oh. walking around a museum almost. Of like, what am I? Well, that's at?
0: I imagine that's what it has to feel like. Yeah, just this huge white clean museum when he's compared to like or used to living with all of his siblings in the same room
1: right and then they like show him seeing the fridge for the first time you gonna talk about that
0: i am okay
1: (laughs) it was pretty big (laughs) uh
0: saru grew up happily and peacefully in hobart he was able to attend school be taken care of and kept well fed one moment specifically was him seeing their pantry and fridge for the first time and being shocked that people lived this way and were able to have food for the future because he only ever growing up had food for then right now i have to eat this because i'm starving yeah which blew my mind because i've always obviously well i guess not obviously but i've had been privileged enough to grow up with the fridge and food always in my pantry right. and I've never even had that moment of shock or awe at that amount of food right when Saru was 10 Sue and John Brierly told him that they were adopting another boy from India mm-hmm. Mantosh yes and even though they were quite different the two got along well Saru described him and his brother as complete opposites but that's what worked about us.
1: Yeah. That's what... What was kind of was his
0: Saru's personality? I couldn't really get much he of that. Was,
1: you could tell he was someone who's very empathetic. He's very in touch with other people's emotions. Mm. Very aware of other people's emotions. And, like, inherently wants to help other people. Okay. And help his family. And... Like, as soon as... I kept writing... I know her name's Sue. But I was like, as soon as Nicole Kidman and him built that relationship together, he was like, okay, this is my mom. This is the... Like, I love you like my mom. And he seemed to have had... Not that there was anything easy about his life, but a slightly different upbringing than Mantosh did in terms of... Is that his name? Mantosh? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, in the movie, they portrayed Mantosh as having some difficulties like mental difficulties and like anger issues oh okay so that was kind of how they were different like mantash couldn't really control his impulses and Mm. anger and emotions and saru is like master of control calm yeah yeah he described
0: himself as very calm and cool and like yeah he said kind of like that he was a person who watched everything from afar happen and was able to just like observe. Mm-hmm. So that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Exactly. With the move to Australia Saru was able to learn English but he lost touch with the Hindi language and could no longer speak that. Yeah. Because when you're five you're just getting the grasp of whatever native language you're speaking.
1: Exactly. And he wasn't in school.
0: Yeah. And- then he goes to English or <laughs> yeah. school speaking English. Yeah. Not like a whole lot of information on this portion of his life when he's like growing up. He has a whole chapter of his book dedicated to his mother. So I definitely his relationship with her that you were saying rings true. Yeah.
1: Once they show she Mantosh had... being there, they like skipped to 20. Okay.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. To 2007?
1: Well, they were like 20 years Why later. Why they say that? They said 20 years later. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. They said, what about mom?
0: No, we can cut it. That's fine. Because I didn't really know what I was going to say. Oh, okay. (laughs) He did begin studying business and hospitality at the Australian International Hotel School in Canberra in 2007. Yes. His origin and his story never left him, though, growing up. He had a map of India hanging on his bedroom wall mm-hmm. next to a poster of the Red Hot Chili Peppers.
1: Oh.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just to put that in context for us, because we're in, like, 2007. Yeah. Um, and his longing to find his family stayed with him as an adult. He talked about in his autobiography meeting a lot of Indian international students when he went to college. Yes. And him being or feeling more of a Australian native and learning more about their cultures that they had just come from because they just moved here for college. And that really sparking a lot of, I want to actually find where I'm from
1: yeah, find my family. Yes. You kind of see the first time that people are like, oh, where are you from? Where are you from? And he's like, I'm from Calcutta. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, I have family there. where in Calcutta. And then he's like, oh, well... I'm not I don't actual- really know. He's like I'm adopted. I'm not really He said I'm adopted. I'm not really Indian.
0: Because mm. it, he yeah. felt
1: no connection to Yeah. that part of his life and he seems like very uncomfortable with Indian things. Mm. when he's put in situations with them.
0: Yeah. I have to imagine there's so much trauma. And especially if all you can remember from your life in India is being lost, being, searching for food, whatever. And now you have this new life in Australia. It feels very uh, disconnected.
1: Food was a big, I didn't realize it till now, but food was like a big theme, obviously, if you're Mm -hmm. always in search of it. At one interaction he's having at a party, he like sees a plate of the candy he always wanted to try as a kid that they Mm. sold in his town. And he, like, eats it for the first time. And you watch him have this, like, visceral reaction and memory of, like, oh, Mm. I am from this place. And, like, yeah, it was a very powerful moment. And then he was, like, I'm I'm not from Calcutta. I'm lost. So that's kind of... It was a very, like, oh, he's accepting it that there's this part of him. His story. Yeah.
0: He said that he... Kind of, I'm guessing at this point of his journey of like when he was accepting it and started telling people about his train journey, taking the wrong train home, that everyone he told, especially like people from India were shocked and wanted to like figure out where he was from and help him as much as they could.
1: That makes sense because I was like, whoa, these people are really invested. They're like, oh, you can do this. You can do this. What if we did this? What if we did this? And he's kind of like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's a lot of yeah, investment. Yeah, th- everyone
0: came out of the woodworks. There was like someone who was like, I can talk to my, I forget what the relative was, either father or uncle or something, who works with the railway station. And he has a lot of information on like each railway um, station and what they're named and whatever. Cause and I'm you'll, sure you're going
1: to tell me about the new program, Google Earth.
0: Oh, yeah. Of course I am. It's new. Yep. Uh, I love when you do this and say my next sentence for me because in his autobiography, Saru tells about or tells how he spent around 9,855 hours over a period of three years conducting searches using the new satellite images on Google Earth. Wow. Clicking through each little forward arrow on the map. Painstakingly following railway lines mm-hmm. that radiated out from the Howrah railway station, which is where he got off the train at the end in Calcutta. Right. When that didn't work, he went even deeper into his memory and relied on vague images of the main features of the Burhanpur Rail- railway station. Well, right, just like what the architecture kind of looked like.
1: It was like where he started wasn't even his hometown, right?
0: He started forty-three miles from his hometown. Right, so
1: it's like even if you remember that place that, where you were on the bench, that's not where you. That's are not from. where you live, <laughs>
0: exactly. Yes, and he couldn't even remember the name of this right. station, just that it started with a B, and he had kind of filled in the rest of the word, but it wasn't correct. Right. Same thing that we talked about with his hometown. But late one night in 2011, Saru came upon a small railway station that, clo- that closely matched his childhood recollection of where he was trapped in that empty carriage car. Yeah. The name of this station was Burhan Purr, which we know is correct.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He then went through and followed each railway line that went out of this station Jeez. and finally found images of a railway line that went north and found the town of Kowanda.
1: Yeah. He
0: had no recollection of that name because he had only remembered the, his G- smaller town is Ganesh called Joy. Kowanda, but the area he was in is called Ganesh Talai.
1: Ganesh Talai. Not Ganesh and what was Joli. he saying? It Ganesh Talai. Tali. Yeah. I'm from Ganesh Jalee. Everyone's yeah, like, that's Ganesh not real. July. To be honest, that's not that different though. Like if I wanted it to really, try, I probably could have figured as an adult, if I wanted to help this kid.
0: Yeah. Yes. But you have to remember when he's finally asking people, he's almost a thousand miles away.
1: True. True, true, true. Of so this it wouldn't small be to- little town. You're right. You're right. It wouldn't be top of the mind.
0: If he was at this first railway station, the 43 saying, miles sure, away, sure, maybe.
1: Maybe. He
0: had no recollection of this name, Kawanda, but he recognized in the town a fountain that was near the train tracks that he used to play in as a child. Mm. And that sparked his memory of, this is something. So then he was able to trace a path through the streets on mm-hmm. street view, clicking mm. that little I arrow. watched that. All the way... Through the streets. Yep. Through his memory. Yeah. And found the spot where he used to live. It was cinematography
1: up. beautiful in this moment. Oh, clicking, good. clicking, clicking. Back to little kid running through the street. Clicking, clicking, <gasps> clicking. <gasps> a different experience running through this. I have section. chills. Clicking, clicking, clicking. About to round the corner. Just like. It. Oh, yeah.
0: That's exactly what I was thinking when I was typing this. I was like, Yeah. He's clicking, clicking as yeah. the memories are coming back, and he's like, yep. Which way? What? Right or left, which way do I turn? And the memory just tells him. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I have chills. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And feeling like he, he might really be onto something because he's not sure. At, while this all is coming back to him, he's still not sure. He contacts a Facebook group based in Kawanda. Did you get this in the movie? No. Oh, okay. I just felt like it really made the whole... 2011 of it come to life. Yeah. He's on Google Earth and he's contacting people on Facebook. Um, this Facebook group reinforced his belief that Kawanda might be his hometown because they told him of a story passed down for 25 years. Oh my God. About a woman who lived in the town who had lost two of her sons in one day. Mm hmm. Oh my God. I'm
1: about to cry as you speak.
0: In 2012, Saru traveled to Kowanda in India and showed photographs of himself as a child to local people Mm -hmm. who then led him to his mother. Mm -hmm. Because while all of this was happening over the 25 years, his mother, Kamla Munshi, never stopped searching for her two sons.
1: And never left her town.
0: Never left her town.
1: In case they came back.
0: Yeah. A few weeks after they failed to return home, police informed her that gadu remember the older brother Mm -hmm. his body had been found near a railway track having been killed by an oncoming train half a mile from Burhanpur station so that's what happened yeah he got hit by a train same night yep the same night so no one was ever coming back
1: the movie tricked me though because at one point they showed a gadu coming back and like searching for his brother and stuff Oh really? As if that's what Saru had imagined him doing. Like oh, I have this brother searching And regretting
0: for me. ever getting on yes, the train and being like, like I, I just have waited. people
1: looking for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um his body was found less than half a mile away from his brother.
1: Away from she the railroad then, station. Uh,
0: where he was hit, yeah, was less than a mile away from where Saru was waiting. Yeah. I couldn't get if it was remember he had dropped him off at night while he was like sleepy right. after the train so he was found that night so I couldn't get if he was on his when he Wait. had just left him right. going there or coming or back or if he was just half a mile away coming back that's too tragic for me to think yeah. about
1: yeah yeah no
0: so the mother then channeled her energy after hearing about Gadu's sad death channeled her energy now she still has another son missing into finding saru she herself traveled on different places on the trains over years trying to find her son
1: oh my god being
0: like he must have just got on the wrong train and going out on all the trains but she never found
1: yeah him.
0: she never gave up hope that he was alive and still would return someday years later she even opted to remain living in their hometown rather than moving in with Kalu's family, who's the oldest brother. Yeah. He said, mom, come live with me in Ban She said no, so that her lost son would one day be able to re- find her if he returned. Mm-hmm. And in 2012, he finally does 25 years later and 25 years older. Now he's a 30 year old man. She last saw him when he was five. Saru is reunited with his sister, Shakila, who is now a school teacher and his surviving brother, Kalu, who works as a factory manager Mm. with the loss of Saru and Gadu came this tragic silver lining because there was some ease on their finances. They went from four children to two, right? The mother with two less people to take care of is fortunately able to send her other two children to school.
1: School. Okay.
0: Which gave them this education for these jobs that that they now are able are now supporting their family. So that's the one like positive I could get out of this, if there's anything. Yeah. Um, this epic family reunion was extensively covered by Indian and international news stations because it's incredible. Saru continues to live in Hobart, Australia to this day. Did you where's the movie end? Did you get any nowadays stuff?
1: Um, I got that in 2013. His moms met. He brought his oh, he brought Sue to info. India. He brought Sue to India, oh. and the moms met and hugged and like, oh. yeah, it was I. It was the real Saru and and mom. Like, it wasn't in the movie. It was like I got to see the actual Saru. Oh, the real. Oh, life. it
0: was like photos at the end.
1: No, I saw actual video footage of the moms <gasps> meeting. Did you cry? Yes. <laughs> Yeah. And after oh, that is when I was informed of Gudu dying the same night Saru got lost. Oh. But before that, I learned obviously Saru was pronouncing his name wrong, Sheru, which mm-hmm. means lion. Uh, oh, I have chills. Yeah.
0: Oh, wow. He didn't even know his own name was wrong. No. Until he was 30 years old. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I when I was picturing them doing the wrong name, I pictured him being like, "That's not it. It's different." But he doesn't even remember that.
1: No, he didn't even know.
0: So he still lives in Australia to this day, yeah. but he and his Indian family are now able to communicate regularly over Zoom and like FaceTiming, mm-hmm. um, because they are able to take advantage of a new computer. At one of Kalu's neighbor's homes. Okay. So the mom has now moved into Kalu's okay. house because she doesn't have to wait there anymore. Oh, Imagine leaving, being able to need.
1: finally, like, literally move on.
0: Yes. L- yes. 25 <laughs> years. Saru bought his mother a house. I'm sorry. She didn't move in with him. Oh. He bought his mother a house. Okay. <laughs> and she no longer has to work. Incredible. He's also offered to bring his mother to Australia, but she's preferred to stay in India, noting that Saru doesn't speak any Hindi and she doesn't speak any English, mm. so it would just be difficult for her and the cultural differences and yeah, all of that. And she's lived her whole life in India, and yeah. she's comfortable. And her children children are safe. It's and they're not, and No okay one's lost. For her.
1: Everyone knows no who everyone lost. is.
0: Saru has returned to India and visited with his biological family over a dozen times. And -hmm. apparently, according to the movie, has brought his own mother with him sometime. Yeah. And he's also traveled first class on the Kolkata Mail, which is a train service from Mumbai to Kolkata to retrace his journey as an adult. Wow.
1: I can't imagine experiencing this. Like, how... The hell did I survive
0: (laughs) (laughs) being on that like 900 mile train ride being like yeah what in the hell did I do as a five-year-old and how did I live yeah in 2013 Penguin Australia published his book titled a long way home describing his ordeal as a lost five-year-old his adoption and subsequent search for his biological family over Google Earth which Ugh. then went on to inspire the fil- 2016 film based on his life, flying starring Dev Patel. Yeah. Last little random fact I have is that in April of 2019, Saru announced that he is conducting a search for his father who left him and his family when he was a young child. So Wow. Saru, you better watch out. You're going to be Mr. found. Google Earth You're Extraordinary. You're going to be found. <laughs> You're going to be found. So that's the wow. incredible 25-year journey of Saru Briarly finding his way back home. Wow. Wow.
1: Okay, before I give you a verdict. Please. We have to address something. And I don't know if this is something wow. you found anything on. Okay. It was the only time I was like, this is, w- I'll say the term white savory.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So there was, obviously he loves his mother, Nicole Kidman, Sue Brierly. Mm-hmm. a lot. She, there was this scene between them, there was a lot of tension between them in the movie of him not wanting to let her know that he was looking for his biological mother because he thought that she would be upset.
0: Okay. Sue would yeah. be upset.
1: They have this whole breakdown conversation where she's like, he's like, I wish you could have had kids of your own so that you wouldn't have to deal with me and Mantosh. Because in the movie, they talk about Mantosh being on drugs. I don't know Mm. if that's real. Okay. And she goes, well, we chose not to have kids. We wanted the two of you. And then she goes on to talk about how she had a vision. Some people would refer to it as a breakdown. Where (laughs) she felt like the earth would swallow her whole. And then she felt a jolt of electricity through her whole body. Then she saw a field, and across that field, a brown-skinned boy. And then he was beside her. And then she could feel him, and she felt for the first time she could do something good. So, I didn't really know what to do with that.
0: Whoa, yeah.
1: Monologue? Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, they're both Weird. crying, and she was like, and that was the first sign when I was dealing with my alcoholic father that I would be okay. So it was like her using it as this, like this happened to me when I was being abused and I knew that I would be okay because I was going to have a little brown skin boy
0: to take care of, to take care of. Um, Okay. So remember, cast your mind back to you were like, sorry, I interrupted you. And then I was like, never mind. So there's a whole chapter about his mom and his, her alcoholic father. Okay. That's all that really was what oh. I was going to say. But since you brought it up, that's exactly what happened.
1: I couldn't I, not. I couldn't not bring yeah, it up.
0: Yeah. I didn't really get a lot of information from her or what sure. her feelings were about it. But I did, when I heard that they had adopted a second Indian boy, I was like, what is going on here? But I'm glad you brought it up. Right. It's an interesting, like because at the end at
1: of the day he is thankful for his life he right. loves these people as his parents and if that's his how he feels i don't really feel like me feeling weird about it deserves any credibility or, or i guess really yep. any, any an acknowledgement even though i'm talking about it but <laughs> <laughs> it was just a weird moment where i was like i can't ignore the fact that you are a white couple adopting specifically indian children I do right. understand because she was like also saying the world has enough people in it. I agree. That's, that's mm-hmm. very true. But the fact that she's like, I, me adopting two kids makes me being, is me doing something Feel good. better. Yeah. It, and right.
0: it makes me like the best person ever because I saved these people from their horrible country. Right.
1: Now, do I think she's like someone who's like posting pics of her, ki- like, look at me and my adopted children. Look at me, mm-hmm. I'm a good person. No, I think she does care about her kids. And right. they obviously and have for a me, relationship. And comes so.
0: where we can like dissect it a little bit more for me is when it comes to how it's portrayed in the movie. Right. Because like whatever this woman's motives were, that's her own prerogative, whatever. But in the movie, if it comes across as like the only reason that this boy ever could have survived was because of Nicole Kidman – we kind you know. of know that's not true because he survived on his own in the streets for over like a month.
1: But it was it was a big monologue. It was a big acting moment for both of them.
0: Yeah, I had feelings <laughs> when I saw it was Nicole Kidman in this role because I was like, this is kind of a minor part in my story. It is. And I hope they don't make it all about Nicole Kidman. No. Okay. I'm glad you brought that up, though. I'm glad um, yeah, they talked about it. What do you feel, though?
1: I mean, it's it's the man's own autobiography.
0: Right. Okay. I'm glad they followed it, at it, least.
1: It's based. It's based. Okay. There's no doubt about it. I think there, are, there is some theatricalization, as you would expect, from any movie trying to get big responses I mean trying to have reach mm-hmm. huge audiences so like I think the things that they did add theatricalization to worked and it still remained true to the story and when I was reading about the boy playing young Saru
0: mm-hmm. it
1: was cool to hear that like this was his first time acting and like you, wa- you they got to like kind of watch him start to make acting choices too because there is oh. parts of him that are inherently true he just is that little boy that is resilient and happy and could like light up a room with his smile mm-hmm. that's not really something you can fake at seven years old yeah but it was so that was also really cool to watch a little boy and be like this is a seven-year-old making acting choices but they work for a character
0: and he's an award-winning actor yeah don't forget
1: exactly oh and him and the boy who was gadu actually ended up playing or I, I think brothers again in another movie or something which oh. was yeah weird weird but cool but yeah it's based it's yeah, great cool. you have to watch it you have to watch I it. i want to watch it, it
0: yeah i feel like a good cry today maybe i'll watch it today you pro- yeah um so this ranks high in in your like top yeah, favorites for this probably
1: pod. probably my favorite movie i've ever watched for the pod
0: Oh, have I said
1: that before?
0: Top one. Um,
1: Judy's up there.
0: I was going to say Judy, yeah. Judy's up there,
1: but I think this is, like, I can't express to you how good it is.
0: (laughs) You telling me the Google Earth moment of him clicking through the street view and finding his home, chills.
1: Google had, like, Google helped with the movie a little bit, too, I think, because that would be a big thing to have to pay for full right so i feel up. like
0: i remember hearing that that google yeah. was involved with the them yes they were wow yeah. well beautiful we are going to post pictures yeah. of all of our actors and all all about Flu- ling- probably the
1: track of the map of the train that he took yes. i'd like to see what that
0: Yes, looked what like. that looked like. I. Uh, what if there's a whole graphic of his entire.
1: There um, might be. The flight
0: all the way to. What's it called? Australia.
1: Tasmania.
0: Well, all of that, whatever we find, will be on yep. Instagram at basebaserbs. Yeah. Also, we should mention. We have a TikTok.
1: We have a TikTok.
0: <laughs> at the same, username basebaserbs us yeah. on TikTok.
1: Yeah, you can check us out there. Um, we have
0: two followers. Yep. So add some more.
1: <laughs> and everyone needs to prepare because next week is the beginning of a very special month.
0: Yes. I can't wait. Um
1: the pod is taking a hard left turn.
0: Hard turn. If you have noticed. Okay. We <laughs> talked about spooky month. Okay, this is spooky month. That's our It's spooky month. <laughs> it's spooky month. <laughs> we had talked about spooky month like a couple of weeks ago, but I myself have already been planning for this. Yeah. So if you haven't noticed, all of my choices after Cocaine beer have been pleasant and mm-hmm. beautiful stories Yeah. to prep us for this hard turn we're about to make.
1: And I, it, I, I would say it's not going spooky off the bat. I would say thrilling, terrifying in yeah. a different way. Sure,
0: sure. So what should I watch for next week?
1: So next week, you should watch The Revenant.
0: The Revenant. Mm-hmm. Me oh my, I've never seen it. You haven't? I know one fact about it, but I'm sure we'll get to it.
1: Okay, well, you heard it here first. The Revenant is kicking off spooky month. St-
0: Starting off spooky month, we will have a lot more scary picks mm-hmm. for the whole month, and I'm sorry if you don't like scary movies, or you're welcome, because now you don't have to watch them, and you can just listen to this actual story it's based on. Yeah. Maybe get a little spooked, but I'm sure less spooked than... But you don't have to see it. You don't have to experience it. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> um, this is a big deal for me, because I notoriously dislike watching scary movies, so... This is yeah. going to be an interesting month for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so on that note, I have to go prepare yeah. for a spooky month. Yeah, you do. So, Maybe
0: you should watch Lion a couple more times before we get into it.
1: Yeah, he's so little. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Such a little baby boy. So, okay.
1: He's so tiny. <laughs>
0: okay. got to go. We got to go. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone.
1: Bye. Is it biased? Or is it just
0: playing the Yeah, okay. he's just a brave little lion.
1: I do have something to address. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, what give me your admission, yeah. or what'd you say?
1: Well, do you have more happy things to talk about first?
0: I I do. I do. Okay. (laughs) Okay, let me get back to that. Go ahead with those.